0: what if my goal was not to be perfect because most of the time if the goal is be perfect wife perfect mother perfect ceo right what if my goal was to be absolutely imperfect at all of it i love it then you'd be winning all the time how do you create an unshakable business i crossed 100 million dollars in net worth by the age of 28 now i'm growing acquisition.com into a billion dollar portfolio In this podcast, I share the lessons I've learned in scaling big businesses and helping our portfolio companies do the same. Buckle up and let's build.
1: Okay, so I know this is probably the question that you get a lot, and I think it's annoying that people want you to answer it in like three sentences, but I'm going to ask you and have you answer it in three sentences. Like, What is the secret to hiring good people?
0: You can't hire anyone who is a better person than you you are the boss. You can't? Character wise.
1: Okay, what does that mean?
0: Elite talent will not come to somebody who doesn't have elite character. Mm. So John Wooden, like one of the most famous basketball coaches, right? He wasn't like an elite player, but he was an elite coach and he had elite character. And so like the best in the country wanted to work for him wanted to work under him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, exactly, play for him, yeah. And so if you study a lot of the best organizations, it's not even that that person had to have the best skill set or the best expertise, but they did have the best character. Mm-hmm. And so I think about that a lot, which is you know, the reason that certain companies that we've worked with or turned down, yeah. we turn them down because I'm like, the top talent won't work for this person. Mm-hmm. They don't have the character. Mm-hmm. I just know it. I've seen it before. I've tried to place people in companies where somebody, you know, they've got a great business, but they just don't have the character and they just, it doesn't work.
1: Interesting. So if you are someone that's been trying to hire top talent and you can't, and you think it may be because of your character, like how would you know that?
0: Well, one, you could ask for feedback.
1: Okay. And people I, would I, say you're just really hard to work with.
0: Often, if it's somebody, yeah, I mean, they could say that. I would ask the current team. I would yeah. say, why do you think people won't want to work for us? Mm-hmm. What reasons would people not want to work for this company? Mm-hmm. You could ask current team. You can also ask people who turn you down, which I do all the time. I just did it for a portfolio company. And they were like, you had too many negative reviews online. Because uh-huh. when they first started and they were really young, they didn't have everything in place and they had a lot of negative reviews. Yeah. Because so I was like, oh, that sucks. Second, how to hire time. yeah. yeah. How to. I think it's providing opportunity and clarity. So you provide clarity as to this is exactly what you need to do. This is the job. It's very clear. There's like documents everywhere, a plan for the next year. Like there's all these things. And then you provide opportunity, which is what you want is that you have a vision so big for your company that their vision for their career can fit inside of it. Oh, that's
1: so good. Come on. I feel like you should hashtag that all over the place, people. (laughs) You have a vision so big. I know. I don't know what I'm talking about. You have a a vision so big for your company that the vision for their career can fit inside of it. Come on, Layla. That's so good. Yeah. So and so th- and then you get people that have
0: a big vision for themselves. Yes. That want to grow. And that's the amazing. thing is like you know I've had multiple companies. I can yes. tell you that some of the ones I had earlier on I couldn't get top talent. And I do think that I'm a person of like I have I I like to think I have decent character. Yeah. I couldn't get top talent to work for me and I didn't know why until I started a company that had a much bigger vision.
1: Mm-hmm. And then it was like,
0: it was it's like now I have so much top talent coming to me and I'm like, I don't even know what to do with it. And I'm like, why? And I'm like, because all of them can see their career within the company. That is so cool. Most people don't have anything yeah, yeah. efficient.
1: Yeah. So, so they like, can't oh. see themselves growing within it. Yeah. Right. So
0: they're like, hey, I think I'll be on two years because, you know, yeah. they just don't see There's nothing beyond two years that is within their career trajectory. Mm, That's so good. So you're hiring people that want to be in it for the long haul. And they,
1: you know, it's like being part of a company that, yeah, you may not be making all the money you want to make now, but you can see the potential. Totally. For what you could make. Right. So like so something
0: we really always do is we paint. We always have the vision, the mission, the values, and then we have like a whole deck. That outlines the whole vision, what it's going to look like. We have like a page that describes what the company is going to look like in five years. And then we do projection for five years and say like, this is monetarily what you could make, what the company will make. And like, I even show like their salary increases over time, like all of those things to show them like, because people like predictability. That's and they That's like so
1: awesome. I love that. So we think- need to start doing that, Erica. And, and you can't hire Layla. Everyone wants to hire her. I want to hire her, but you can't. You can only apply to have your company work with her company. So that's amazing. I love that trap. (laughs) Okay. How do you manage your mind with so much to do and so many big goals? I know that you're a huge fan of coaching. I know that you do a lot of coaching in your business. I know you study a lot of coaching. So obviously this podcast is for people trying to manage their minds. You have huge goals, so much going on. What is your process for managing
0: your mind? Yeah, and one I'll say just because you didn't plug yourself earlier, like no. I listened to your podcast for six years before we met. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, yeah, she's. So, I'm probably regurgitating. Something. it's so creepy, right? <laughs> no, I was like 21. I was in the shower, and that was my first time I listened. I remember it. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe this is from one. I think it's the meaning you give to the big goals, mm. and what I mean is the meaning that you give to if you don't achieve them. I don't label myself as a failure if I don't achieve my goals. I label myself as a human. Amen. Like, I just think that's part of the process. I don't mm-hmm. believe that it's bad or wrong. I believe it could feel bad. It yeah, doesn't of mean going to stop. So, I think that honestly, most of the managing of the mind comes around. We get so caught up in it every day and like what we're doing that we forget to think, like, well, what happens if it doesn't work out mm-hmm. and walk down that. And I think that is almost like exposure therapy in your mind, like really playing through, like, what's the worst case scenario? And then how would I deal with it? And I'm like, that wouldn't even be that bad. I know. Like, really, like, I would just
1: you're... walk my dogs. <laughs>
0: This thing like should just reply. Oh, be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: You have some money? I've yeah. always given her hard times. <laughs> do you need money? She flies coach sometimes. And I, I'm like, what is happening? And I send you cash. <laughs> do, do you, do you need, do money? need help? But we actually had a conversation earlier today. Layla's staying at my house for a couple of weeks. We're up in Colorado, escaping the heat from Texas, Scottsdale, and Vegas. <laughs> it's like gorgeous here right now. But we were talking about what would we do like if our businesses were failing, like if there was a setback or we went, it was like, no matter what, we're still going to be working hard. Like that's a thing. Like getting up is just not an option for me because no. the reason I'm doing this is not to win every game. No. It's to be able to, can I handle the L's? Yeah. That's the part, that's what makes, I think, an amazing entrepreneur. And so if I, the better I can handle the losses, the more fun and enjoyable the win is going to be. Because that's what earning it means, my friends. Like, it's not just, oh, once you're a wealthy person, that everything's easy. I think it's harder in a totally different way. It's just different problems.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah. you know, it's funny too, because I just think that a lot of people, like, they have this vision of business. It's like they, they like, they cut it out and it's like, it's unlike anything else in their life. They're like, business should be perfect. There shouldn't be problems. If I have a good business, there won't be problems. Right. Not a thing true. Right. If you have a good business, there will be problems. Of course. Because if you don't have problems, your business is dying. Yes. That's
1: so good. Yeah. Or I say like when people are like, I don't have any problems. I'm happy all the time. I'm like, your bones aren't big enough then. Totally. Like you're you're not growing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. What is your advice to women who want more
0: wealth? I think that there's probably a couple of things. Okay. Which is, I think one is recognizing that I think a lot of people say that they want something. It doesn't mean like when you say like, what is your advice to women who want more wealth? To anybody who wants more wealth? It's really, are you willing to sacrifice in the short term? certain things in order to put more effort into something because it's going to be harder at first. Mm-hmm. So I think if somebody's trying to earn money and they haven't earned money before, I look at life and seasons, which is if I'm trying to increase money, then all the other areas of my life go on maintenance mode for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And this one goes into that's focus mode and I go full drive there. And I, maybe I do that for six to 12 months. Maybe it's one to two years, three to four, whatever you determine. And then- Next season, I come to something else, but the rest on maintenance mode. Yeah. So I just think if you want to earn more money, you have to realize that you probably have to put, I'm not saying things will slip, but they probably have to go through maintenance mode yeah. in order to invest money there. So for I anyone, who totally are more money. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the second thing is you have to have a reason why, right? Like I think a lot of women aren't necessarily brought up with hunger right. to make money. I'm lucky because my dad always told me he's like, I, You know, my grandma was like one of the first teachers in Iran that was a woman. She was like the second, I think, in the whole country to be a, a female teacher. Wow. So he always said like, my girls will make their own money. They'll have their own autonomy. They're going to do their own thing. You have to figure out your why, right? You yeah. figure out what, what you're going to make it mean. And whether that's setting an example for your kids or for other people or whatever it may be, it needs to be something that gets get you through the tough times. Yeah. And I think that people don't realize how hard it is in the beginning to make money because there's all the unknowns and you just don't know what the F you're doing, Right. You're Googling a lot. Lots of Googling. And it's hard. It takes a lot of time. It's going to take time away from yeah. other things. And I think for a lot of women, you know, I mean, when I was learning to make money, I didn't look as good. I didn't work out as much. I didn't have as many friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention as much to my makeup, my nails, my hair, nothing. It was all right. sacrificed in order to learn how to make money. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree.
1: And I think, you know, obviously we're speaking to all people. This podcast is specifically, I wanted it to be for women because I do think it is different in terms of wealthy women versus wealthy men, I think it's a different way that we're socialized. So I think that we have lots more examples of wealthy men and we have lots more expectations, or it has been, I do think it's changing that men were to make money and be wealthy over women to make money and be wealthy and to earn their own money. And so all the messaging that I can get out there that is, and I love what you were saying. It's like, A lot of people say they want more money. A lot of people say they want to earn more money, but are you willing to do what it takes? Like we're all here in Colorado and, you know, we have lots of millions of dollars. Like it's ridiculous between us, like how much money we have. And it's so fun and I love it. But we're also sitting at the kitchen table, all of us like with our heads in our hands, trying to figure out like, you know, Alex is writing a book and Layla and I are both working on presentations and webinars that we're trying to get done. And it's like, we are grinding. Like we are working so hard right in the middle of the summer. We get up, you know, we go work out, we go on a hike, and then we grind and we work. And so I think that a lot of people want to skip that part.
0: Yeah. And I think they think once you have money that you don't need to do that. I'm like, I still work. Wake up at 5 a.m., yeah. work until I go to the gym, come back from the gym, work until dinner. Like, yeah, it's no different. And so if you want to keep what you've earned, oftentimes there's this fallacy that her probably hurts before, but that. You get to one level and then you think that in order to get the next level, it's actually be easier. But in actuality, it typically takes the same amount of effort to get to level one to get Mm. to level two. Interesting. But but we feel more complacent because we feel like, oh, we're closer.
1: Mm. So
0: then it actually makes it harder sometimes because- I for sure
1: have felt that. Like the last couple of years, like I had so many years of growth over growth that was so easy because I had so much momentum. Totally. Right? And now, I will tell you this, I haven't worked, like the past couple of years, I hadn't worked as hard. And I think you guys were kind of the same. Like we had like this time where we weren't working as hard and then we like got back into it. And I, I will say like, it feels so good. It's the ramp up that feels terrible. It's yeah. kind of like when you haven't worked out in a long time and you go work out in your store and it's awful and you forgot what you're doing and your money no, doesn't look done. good yet. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay, now I'm making progress. This is feeling good. So I'm always trying to tell women, especially like hard work for your own money is one of the sweetest tastes, and most delicious things you can taste. Like I love feeling so proud of myself for yeah. having done that. It's so cool.
0: Well, I think I'll say one thing, which is I think that what I realized, because I get a lot of questions from women and men, because I have a large male audience too, yeah, is that men are typically valued on one thing, which is like their status, which is typically driven by money. Yes. And so like you see all these ugly old men with hot girls because they have status because they have so much money. Yes. You don't see that as much with women. Yes. And that's because women don't derive status from money.
1: Right. They derive
0: status from what they look like. And so in my opinion, until women understand that and say, I'm going to have to sacrifice some of my priorities, which might be what I look like for men, Mm -hmm. what I did, like, you can't be done. I mean, I know it takes hours sometimes. Yeah. Hours every day. You're not going to make as much money as a guy unless you sacrifice some of that. Yeah. Because it's not a guy versus a girl. It's the time put in. And if a human is going to put in more time than you, they're probably going to get a better result than you. So interesting.
1: And I think, too, it's not even the amount of action you're taking towards looking good. It's the amount of mental energy. The mental energy, are you focused on being beautiful because that's what we're socialized to do and and looking good, or are you focused on creating something of value that you can get paid for? Yes. And so it's not just about the money. It's about being the person you want to be in terms of the value that you create for the world. And that is not to say that looking good is not a great thing and that you shouldn't put your energy into that. It's just, you have to evaluate. It's kind of like that last podcast I did on attention. You have to audit your attention. Where are you focused? And even just a little thing I was thinking about, like, there's so many times when there's like music playing and I'm like, I don't even know who's singing this song. I don't even know what's going on with this, but I can probably tell you like any audiobook that gets turned on, like what it is or podcast. And so I just, my attention was always focused on learning and growth yeah. and not entertaining myself and being comfortable. So mm-hmm. I do think that's kind of a call out that's like important. Like tell yourself the truth. If you say that you want that, are you really willing to do? Yeah. Well, it that's like takes...
0: conversations I've had with a lot of women that are, especially like younger, I think they're like that how do I do that and do all these other things? It's like, well, you have to take from somewhere. You don't. right? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: You so, don't. You have to. It's, it's give and take for sure. Okay. These are some from your Instagram. Nice. How, do, how do you get over the fear of competing with men?
0: I would get over the fear like I would get over any other fear, which is one, realizing that it's all in your head for the most part, mm-hmm. right? It's just right. an illusion. The second is the only way that you get over fear is like, I love the saying where it's like fear is a mile wide and an inch deep is doing it. Yes. That yes, <laughs> is so true. It's like the longer that you avoid competing with men, which they're not thinking that they're competing with you, by the way. So it's all made up in our own heads. The longer that you don't do that and in your own mind, the bigger that fear becomes, the more you're feeding into it. And then the one day that you do step into it and you realize that an inch deep, you're going to think, why didn't I do that on the first yes. place? And so I think it's that. And then also... I think that that's an interesting frame that you feel like you are competing, because I'm like, I'm competing with the world.
1: Yeah. I you're don't like, ever think know, about competing, competing with, men. with men. And that's just a thought. Like, you, people say all the time, it's like, but it's true. Okay, but if it's true. It's not helping you. No. Right? And so it's like, if you feel afraid, you're probably on the right track. Keep going. And don't think that you're competing with men. Just think that you're being the best version of yourself. Totally. That's it. Only it's other good. thing I'll
0: say is there's the fear of competing with men, but then it's also like, but what if you win?
1: Yeah, that's that might be the fear, though. That might be the fear. It could be. That's actually really interesting. Are you afraid to compete with men because you're going to lose?
0: Or are you afraid to compete mm. with men because you're going to win and then what? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely you will make men pissed off. <laughs> I see it all over my friggin' social media.
1: <laughs> right, and so that's interesting. That I, uh, this kind of what you were saying earlier. Figure out that best case scenario. What if you do? I mean. I when I went into a big group of men in a mastermind I was making the least amount of money and I told every one of them on that first day I was going to be most improved and I I mean they wanted me to get coffee on the first day they didn't even know that I was part of it yeah. and then I became the highest earner in that group and I will say actually this group that I was in was like they were so amazing and so oh, excited cool. and they were they like loved it cuz they got to watch that whole process but I do think that that's something that you need to decide if you get men that are upset because you're making more, you're winning, or you're outdoing them in your job or in in your career, how are you going to handle that?
0: That's a really good point because I think that that happens so much more often than...
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do I manage long hours with being a wife and or mother?
0: That's a really good question. And I actually got this from... I was doing a speech like a a few months ago and a a man asked me this about a dad.
1: Yeah, So he he said, said. how
0: do I work long hours with dad? And I think it's the same thing, which is I said, it's not what's happening is the judgment, mm-hmm. which is you have two things that you value and you hold these two values to be true for you. And they both are things that you really want. You really want to have your own business and succeed and make money. And you really want to be an amazing wife and mother. Yep. And the thing is that when you have two values, which is totally fine, they're going to always conflict at some point. Yep. And you have to be okay with it. It's when you're not okay with it and you argue with the reality of it mm-hmm. where you're like, I have two values. I expect I want them, it should be that they never conflict. When if you have two values, they will absolutely conflict. And it's like, if you let go of the judgment of, I'm a terrible mom because I wasn't there for her gymnastics class. Yep. I'm a terrible wife because I don't make dinner or bakery. And if instead you said, what if my goal was not to be perfect? Because most of the time if the goal is be perfect wife, perfect mother, yeah. perfect CEO, right? What if my goal was to be absolutely imperfect at all of it? I love it. Then you'd be winning all the turrets. And that's actually what I've done for myself because I used to hold myself like so high in terms of perfection. You know, I don't have kids, but like in every other regard. And I said, what if my goal was to be imperfect rather than perfect? And it's like it
1: immediately like, relax. You're like, oh, okay. I just have to keep doing it all. The way that I did this with my kids, my kids are raised, so the damage has been done, my friends. But here's basically, I redefined what being a good parent was. I didn't define being a good parent going to all the birthday parties and being there and making gourmet meals. I define being a good parent as setting an example for my kids. And I listened to an Abraham quote that said, the best gift you can give your kids is your own happiness. Mm -hmm. And I really sat down and evaluated that as a kid, right? Because I'm a kid too. And I have parents. I'm like, is that true? Like, would I have just wanted my parents to be happy? And there was, there was like such a deep resounding yes inside of me. I was like, oh my gosh. And that changed my life. So I started really focusing on being the best version of myself in terms of my career and growing. I was definitely there for my kids and I paid a lot of attention to them. But there were a lot of things that I did not do that would typically be considered being a good parent. And I'm so glad. I have no regrets about that. So I think for this question, it's just you have to really define what does it mean for you to ultimately be a good parent? For me, it was actually being an example to them as well as being there for them. And what does it mean to be good in your job.
0: I think that's so important because I think Mm -hmm. most people, their definition is one they've inherited from somebody else. Yes. They haven't even considered. No, they haven't even thought like, is that true? Do do I think that that's actually what a good parent does? Does it matter that I cook a gourmet meal rather than, you know, we go grab something and shake out? Like, does my kid going to remember that in 10 years?
1: Right. Do they care about that? What do they care about? What do I care about? Yeah. And it's fun to have like adult kids now and have them like talk about like, They're like, why, mom, she was just always on the couch with her laptop, but she was always there. And anytime I need something, I knew I could just go to the couch and she'd shut her laptop and talk to me. So they knew that I was working all the time, that I was able to be there. So that's kind of now they're working. Now they're on the laptops and and I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do if you have lack of support from your partner? I
0: think that that's a tough one. You can only affect how much you support yourself Mm -hmm. and the expectations and the non-negotiables that you set when you start a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I think what happens a lot of the times is that those expectations haven't been set or those like, this is how I would like to be supported have not been put in place. Right. And so then we're like, oh, I have an unsupportive partner, but that partner's like, either one, that's not how they support people, right? Like they're, the way they show support is not how you receive it. Yep. Which I've, I've had those discussions with Alex about where I'm like, oh, you're not supporting me here. He's like, what do you mean? I did all these things. So I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not how I want. To
1: that's not how I saw it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's not, that's,
0: that, in my yeah. mind, that's not support. And so I think it's like defining what support is with your partner yep, and seeing, do you think, do you have the same definition of support in your mind? And if you don't, can you come to one that you can agree upon Mm. and then figure out if you're willing to do that for each other? And then I think, you know, the second piece of that is I think it's defining what kind of relationship you want. There are some relationships that I know that work for people where, you know, they support the other spouse in certain ways and not in others. Yeah. And I think there's nothing right or wrong. I support all relationships that work and that people are happy with but it's just figuring out what works for you. And I think that it would be defining that, figuring out what that looks like, and then seeing, is that what your partner wants too?
1: Yeah. And listen, I've coached a lot of people around this. There is no amount of support that can help you overcome your own Mm self-doubt about yourself. And so I think a lot of times what's happening is, you know, we're in our businesses and we're struggling and we're scared and we have doubt and we're failing. And we're like, why aren't you supporting me more? Why aren't you helping me more? Because we feel that fear and we want someone else to step in and listen, they can try to support you as much as they want, but do not put that on them. You don't want that to be their job because you overcoming your self-doubt is what makes you such a badass. You so want true. all that self-doubt there. You want all that fear there because that's the weight you're lifting. That's what will make you strong. So I would just ask yourself that too. Like, what? Why do I need support?
0: Is because you're not giving it to yourself.
1: Yeah. Is yeah. it because that's I'm not giving it to myself? And if I want support, what is it that I really want, like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. like define it for them and then make sure something they want to give. Because they're, listen, I will tell you, this is a truth. When I first started this business, my husband at the time, Chris, he was like, what are you doing? Like I quit a job at Hewlett Packard. And I was like, I was like, sit down and take notes. Watch how this is going to go down. He did not support me in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't his fault. He had no idea what was about to happen. He couldn't understand it, but he didn't need to because I believed in myself enough. Yeah. So I think that's another another thing to just consider. And listen, if you don't have support from your partner, do not make that an excuse to not win. Do not let that be the reason. You don't have to have it. You don't have to have it. So bad.
0: It's so true. No, it's so true. It's yeah. just why so many people don't. It's like they're overcompensating and they're just not realizing they're pointing at every other thing around them except yes. for themselves. Yes, And your partner is the closest thing to you. So of course you're going to point to your partner. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So we're not saying, you know, you're bad or wrong. We're just saying don't do that because you'll miss the opportunity to find out who you are and you'll miss the opportunity to blow your own mind and theirs, right? And you have to believe it enough. You have to believe in yourself enough for everyone around you. Don't expect them to do that. You can do that yourself. All right. Here's the last one. Why do you make a podcast for only women? I think that was asked by a man.
0: It was asked by a man. Yeah, it's probably asked because my audience, like they know that I don't call myself a female CEO. Yeah. And I've explained like the reason for that is because I feel like it's actually creating more of a divide. And so mm. in, an, in an attempt to bring equality by saying I'm a female CEO, I feel like I'm actually ostracizing myself. Interesting. Yeah. a man doesn't call himself a male CEO. Yeah, yeah. So I think – that's just my point of view, right? And so he's asking, why, do you, why are you doing this, Layla? right? Why would you have a yeah. podcast for women? I think it's because, honestly, there are, yeah. like what you said, women have been socialized differently than men. That's yes. something that can't be denied. And so because of that, I feel like in order to reach women, you have to be able to also speak in their language and yes. speak to them and call yes. them out. And so it's like, if I'm constantly always speaking in a way that it probably is attracting more men because... Men are who listen to my stuff most. Yeah. Then I, if I want the women to get their attention, I have to say, "Hey, women, listen." Yes. Specifically. Like calling, yeah. I'm just calling you out because I want you to hear this message, mm-hmm. which is like you don't need to. Like this isn't a reason that you shouldn't succeed. Yes. You've just been socialized to think that you can't do that. You're. I, I've talked about this a lot. I'm like, physiologically, we're different than men. Yes. Intellectually, we're not. Right. So like, there's no reason that you can't win at business. It makes sense that you would be separate in sports. It does not make sense to be separate in business. Yeah. It makes no sense. I totally agree. So anyway, that's why because I think the message needs to get there.
1: Yeah. And I do think like, I, I think it's important that we do acknowledge the differences because there are. And uh, Layla and I have talked about this a lot. Like when you are a strong woman in business, you are probably going to be called a bitch. Always. Right? <laughs> Seriously. And and people will come after you and say, you're bitchy. You're this. Why are you acting so masculine? Why are you always talking aggressive. about money? Why, yeah, why are you so aggressive? and that, And that sort of thing. And so I want to create a safer environment to be able to be a strong woman leader. And also- Let people judge you, let people be wrong about you, let them say what they will. Gotta go boys, gotta go make some money. That's what I say and I just keep going. I let them say, because listen, if you're trying to fix everyone's opinion around you, you're going to have such a hard time. I would still be making $200,000 a year if I was trying to make everyone happy about it. I just, I figure the way I make them happy about it is I just keep being the best version of myself and not everyone's going to like that. Especially I think as women entrepreneurs, we have a lot to overcome in terms of our own brains. Yep. And so I think that's what makes it so tempting and that's what makes it so delicious.
0: I agree. So, okay. great.
1: I think that's all the questions I that we have. Are you questions. are one smart woman. I love talking to you. We could talk all great. day. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks I love you so me. much. It was great, it's so amazing having you here.